0: Yo, what up dog what up man how are you, how you doing? dude i was a little late to this meeting because i was just doing squats at the gym to some fucking nile and
1: oh you were listening to some nile
0: were you nile just by chance happened to be just deep by chance
1: be deep in the
0: snake mating pit Rabbit hole, you know, and the squat. Yeah, yeah, the whole discography's there. The
1: discography. Sometimes that's what it. you gotta do. The fucking snake pit mating frenzy. That's what we're all about. Lifts and rifts, watching right? snakes fuck. It's cool.
0: Do you think they invented the pyramid set? The ancient Egyptians in the gym, that training method. Maybe we should ask Carl Sanders if they did.
1: Maybe we should. Look, those motherfuckers built the pyramids. You better believe that there was some fucking squat action going on trying to get those stones up there. Man.
0: That's what I'm talking about. You never hear their physical exercise routine. Maybe he can shed some insight on this knowledge.
1: Yeah, This is big, man. Is Carl true. is Carl. Carl is like a a, a a big band scene, amazing, legendary guitar player. Niles, is a, a, a band that I absolutely love that I've been with for a really long time, and like this is hey. just. He's just a good dude too. Of course, we know that because that's we only talk to good folks. But like, even my therapist knows who Nile is. Like, I was talking earlier about like where I had to go after my appointment. She was like, "Oh yeah, who are you talking to on the podcast?" And I was like, "Carl Sanders from Nile." And she was like, "Oh yeah, they're from upstate." And I was like, "You know what? You're cool as fuck." That is cool, man.
0: Although there's probably not too many super famous death metal bands from North Carolina
1: or South Carolina. I'm sorry. you you're probably correct about that you know, relatively low concentration of legendary death metal acts here i don't mean um, to bring you down from that <laughs> but just... oh, no. you're not bringing me down at all i feel like i have just entered into like a new uh understanding of like where niall is positioned like if just if random people in the mental health business are like oh yeah i know who that is that's a big deal
0: it's a huge deal man It's been a while. It's been lovely. Just like uh, how last week we were so graced to have Rob motherfucking Barrett on the podcast. Taking taking a deep dive in the Cannibal Corpse discography. I've been listening to the whole Nile discography from start to finish all week, bro. It's been a long time since I've done that, and I feel really jacked up about it. What's what's jumping out at you? I feel stronger. Um, Top three, you ready? Yes. Black Seeds of Vengeance. Wait, are we going reverse, or are we going... Three, two, one, one, or one, two, three? I'm going one, two, three. Black Seeds. All right, Black Seeds, my man. Favorite one. Especially, I didn't fully appreciate Side B, the last couple songs on that record until maybe this time around. There's a fucking lot going on. Very cinematic. It's awesome. Super awesome. So there's that. Uh, Those Whom the Gods Detest is number two.
1: And the new Mm -hmm. one is number three. neurotic Rights is number three. The new one is fucking is, is awesome. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. We're definitely going to talk about it with Carl, but I just want to go back to those whom the gods detest for a minute. Oh, so dude. So good. There, there was this period of time and, 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 and this was right after At the Gate of Sithu came out when there seemed to be like some backlash against Nile for getting specifically one guy who I was super good friends with at the time was like, they just got too technical they lost to me. And He wasn't just talking about At the Gate of Situ, which is, of course, you know, definitely a technical, definitely a dense record, but he was also saying the same thing about Those Whom the Gods Detest, and that, to me, is something I just can't wrap my fucking head around, because that record is hooks for fucking days, man. Perfect, that's, yeah, absolutely, especially the opening track. The (laughs) opening toot, like, that opening sweet kefir and um, Hittite dung incantation, (laughs) (laughs) look... You take fucking dog doo-doo, right? And barley flour, and you make that shit death metal, you're Nile. Nobody true. else could pull it off.
0: It's true. It, they, I do have to agree, though, that they did lose me g- looking back, you know, listening back to it on the, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, the Ithophiliac, Ithilac record? I don't it, know. Ithithallic. Ithithallic, yeah. That one, and At the Gate of see through. And the what should not have been on earth were my least three favorite of the whole, of the whole thing.
1: I will say, so I think if the and I think at the gate of Sifu or Setu, I don't know. We'll ask Carl how to yeah, pronounce Yeah, man, that. I, I'm bad at pronouncing shit. Uh, me too. I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, uh, those two I definitely think are their most like technical and impenetrable albums like if somebody was just sort of casually into death metal or was just getting into Nile those are probably not the two that I would recommend first but they do both have handout tracks on them just like that opening track on at the gate of Situ
2: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: you know what I mean like that it, enduring the eternal molestation of flame yes brother that's what i want and like they give you that super fucking catchy riff and you get it once and then they come back and they do it again one more time they're like you want you want this catchy shit but we got too much tech for your bitch ass and we're gonna hit you with it until you beg us to stop and then only then do you get the repeat of that fucking sweet ass riff?
0: And I respect that. I respect that viewpoint and the, the that being brought to my attention. Do you? I feel like although Nile was like one of those bands that every album is so good that they like dug themselves a hole. That like if they put out like a fantastic record, it's like well we're kind of expecting it, so like yeah. it has to be extra
1: fantastic to get our attention at this point. Well, and I, I think that they did that with Vile Nilotic Rights exactly. Uh, they did there was obviously there was a lot a lot riding on that release um pretty pretty major lineup shift and the first major lineup shift that they'd had in a long time and a number of albums um i i know that there was a little bit of buzz about maybe some doubts about how things might go after the lineup change um I'm just going to come out and and do the hipster thing and say I had no fucking doubt in my mind whatsoever that Carl was going to come back with the boys and straight fucking smash it, and they did. Um, Not only is that record like a super good, not only is that record super good going into a record a lot of people maybe had lower or different expectations for, but like it's some of the best shit that Niall has ever done Throughout their entire career, I feel like there is there is a whole lot of the really fucking technical, like really fast picking and playing on there. There's a whole lot of the atmosphere on there that they've gotten so good at incorporating, and like there's riffs, there's fucking catchy headbang moments on here that like really call back to some of their earlier more simple stuff. Um, and to throw all those things together at this point in their career, like that's fucking impressive to me. So I I look at this as a rebirth of sorts. I can't wait for New Nile
0: same man i'm excited to see what carl has to say about it dude i mean he he was i mean he's for those that don't know he's like the main dude right he's he's yeah this
1: is writer this is very much carl's baby you know he's the founding member of the band he's the primary songwriter in the band um it's definitely adheres to his vision um, there have, of course, been some valuable inputs from other people along the way. And, you know, I, as a fan of the band, am glad that that happened. But at the same time, I have, it's kind of like I have with Paul and, um, and uh, uh, Paul and Alex from, from Cannibal Corpse, right? Right. I trust those founding members, like,
2: Definitely.
1: absolutely. Yeah. I have. As long as they're involved, I have no doubt whatsoever that the the legacy of this thing is going to remain intact and is only going to build. And that is how I feel about Carl and Niall. And I I I just don't think I'm wrong. Like I there are some bands that I listen to and there's some death metal that I enjoy that I can look at and, and recognize that. There are things about it that are lacking, and, and that not everybody's going to be a fan of it, right? Six Feet Under, for example. I like Six Feet Under, and I can admit on his face that shit sucks. Okay. Nile. You suck. can't fuck with
0: Nile. Can't fuck with Nile. Like a, even even people that don't like death metal like Nile or have a respect for Nile. I feel like.
1: Therapists know who Nile is.
0: I briefly got to talk to Carl Sanders one time. Oh life. yeah, how was it? He was he was very cool. He was very nice. And I, I told him like as a as a kid growing up, listening to death metal and you know wearing cannibal corpse shirts to school and like you know causing causing a ruckus, Niall kind of like solidified that like you could be smart and listen to death metal at the same time. Yeah. I was yeah. like check out all this history I know because I listen to this shit.
1: This motherfucker you know? reads shit. I yeah. know in ancient Egypt. I'd be like Ra is like fuck a pep and that's on God that that's, is. On Os- that's on Osiris um I yeah I so I got to talk to him uh last fall um had a little chat with him and Derek Roddy another South Carolina death metal legend um incredible drummer uh with talked to them about the project that they did with Nader Sedek when they went to Egypt um and did some recording for that and like one of the coolest things about that chat, number one, was, was getting to ask, like, Carl Sanders and Derek Roddy fucking stupid shit about Carolina, because there's a lot of stupid shit in the state. It's really fun to talk about. I'm sure. Uh, but at the same time, like, talking to this dude, like, we're talking about a grown ass man, right? Uh, he's raised a family. Like, he's, he's, he's led a career. I think Carl's in, like, his 50s now, right? This is a grown ass dude. But you get him talking about like visiting Egypt, like going to the pyramids and shit. It's like, you're talking to a 13 year old kid who just like met their fucking favorite basketball player or something. And like that to me, it, there's something amazing and something so pure about somebody who can retain that kind of passion and that kind of creativity that surrounds this one thing that they've been interested in for so long. And like, that's that's one of the things about him that I think is super cool and like admirable, right? Um, for sure. To, be, to stick with something as long as you have and to still be interested in it, to still be passionate about it like that. We should all aspire to that. That's where I want to be when I'm his age.
0: Yeah, especially making some of the dopest shit of your career now when you've been around for so long. Um,
1: kind of like, like we were ass. talking
0: about with Rob of Cannibal Corpse. It's the same thing, man. You know, yep.
1: These yeah. motherfuckers are aging like a fine wine, man.
0: They, they picked a good subject, though. I feel like you can never run out of like Egyptian mythology.
1: Probably, probably not you know what i
0: mean you can, it's pretty deep they picked a good one
1: it is it is and i feel like it's also very multifaceted and we're going to talk more about that i want to talk about that specifically with him so i'm not going to get too deep into it right now sure um but i will say i'll just i'll just go ahead and like cleanly agree with you right now i think that the uh the potential for that topic is endless especially when you start thinking about sort of moving outside the box of just like straightforward history or we'll, we'll we'll certainly get to that with mr sanders when he logs on
0: yeah, definitely. And just for all the guitar playing nerds out there, I wish I knew more about guitar. I like play guitar, but not like Carl fucking Sanders plays guitar. I feel like I can't hold a smart conversation with him about guitar, but I'd like to get into it a little bit because that dude is a master for those that don't know. Yeah, it'd
1: be, well, it'd be great to get into some specs, like a rig rundown type thing. You probably know more about that shit than I do. I don't know any of it, but also at the same time, I'm pretty sure that Carl teaches guitar professionally. Um, So if you're out there um, and if you are trying to hone your chops with one of the most legendary fucking guitar players in death metal, um, in metal period, get Carl Sanders, man. Maybe maybe you'll be lucky enough that he has an opening and he can teach you fucking guitar.
0: Do you think he plays all those like ancient Egyptian string instruments that you hear on the vinyl on Nile Records? He does. We're going to talk
1: about that, too.
0: Yes, we are. I feel like he has to. There's no he way. Does. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. He does. Yeah. And he, he writes lyrics too, right? He does everything, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he
1: does. He does. He does everything, man. Like he, like I said earlier, you know, I know that there has been some input from other people throughout the history of the band, but by and large, you know, he's running the show and it's been sort of the singularity of his vision. I think everybody else's creative Contributions have sort of revolved around, and that is no—that's in no way a slight towards the other people who have contributed either, right? Sure, sure. Um, but it's just to say that, like, he's sort of the guy with the plan. He's the—he's the guy who is quarterbacking this whole project, and I think it's because of his vision and because of the singularity of his vision that it's been able to keep the integrity that's been able to keep, um, especially throughout, you know, a number of lineup changes. Uh, a number of changes in the music industry. nile has been around for a really fucking long time. The world looked very different when they got together and first started playing death metal when they got together and signed to relapse. Um, So it's been, you know, a a testament to the fact that that guy has been steering the shit this entire time. The fact that they are where they are and that that they've remained what they've remained.
0: Have you ever seen them live? I'm sure you have. You've never seen them. They're from your your home state. You've never seen Nile. What's wrong with you? How did how that happen?
1: Not th- first of all, this is not my home state. I'm not from South Carolina.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. You live you live here now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I live
1: in I live in South Carolina now, and I've lived here for like seven years. I have not seen Nile. I honestly, and I don't know how many hometown like local shows Nile plays. I I would have to check that out to be sure. But I, I will tell you one thing. While I am not the biggest fan of live music, I've always been sort of more of a solitary enjoyer, of, especially death metal, right? Typically I like to listen to the stuff by myself, uh, in my room, in my home, because I'm a fucking nerd like that. Having said all of that, I am definitely coming out of the pandemic um, with a newfound respect for live music. And being that I'll be much more centrally located uh, in DC um, starting this summer, I am going to make damn sure to start checking off bands from list of bands that I would like to see live when they come through.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make you go with me.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And Nile is on that list.
0: Yeah, oh, they're they're sick. They were one of the last shows I saw before the um, before the pandemic outbreak. It was on. It was actually it was on Veterans Day because I just looked this up. Veterans Day in Pittsburgh. It was Nile and Terrorizer. It was amazing.
1: Oh, dude! I bet that was a hell of a show.
0: 2019, yeah, it was fucking killer. Then there, all the all the new songs from uh, from Vile sounded better than their old shit. Really, they they played live like he he was fucking killing it. He was on fire. So
1: sure he was, man.
0: Yeah, looking forward to hearing what he has to what he has planned for live shows because he's a beast.
1: It would be super fucking sick to know what they have planned and like we. So the last couple of people that we've talked to, we've been like, oh. Um, we're really excited for live shows to come back and I'm sure that you are too. I know you probably can't comment on anything because everything's so up in the air. Well, as of like yesterday that deicide tour has been announced for the end of the summer so maybe the world is truly healing and we can start to get some more concrete answers from motherfuckers about what touring in the future is going to look like
0: what i'm saying and i said i know we were texting yesterday as soon as you texted me i saw the deicide was coming to my town i was like Schuller you did that you summoned deicide in pittsburgh for us that's another that i've never seen deicide and i'm really looking forward to that
1: I haven't either, and I definitely, I definitely want to. I'm very excited. Um, I can't wait to see Deicide and have Glenn Benton treat me like shit in person. I'm trying to. We're trying to get Glenn Benton on this podcast,
0: bro. We'll see how it goes.
1: I think if if nothing else, I think that he would really enjoy my Deicide origin story. I think that like my initial experience with Deicide is a very Deicide story so like i think he would appreciate it and even if it's just us sitting here and me recounting that story for like three minutes and then he's like all right fuck you guys bye yeah be the i'd best, be happy with it'd
0: that. be the best episode we've ever done
1: potentially probably so it would be the first episode where after it was over we'd be like what a bad dude right
0: that's one thing i will say i wouldn't say this to glenn benton's face although you might have to retrieve this audio and bring it up so he can kick our ass but that's one death metal band that that i lose touch with after their first batch of classic records i don't i I haven't kept up with them too much and from what i heard i haven't really loved
1: that is a mistake really you sure thank my man i'm gonna have to put you on the new shit i'm gonna have to put you on the new shit the hell with
0: god was the last one I, i liked i think
1: it was okay. That, that record was okay. But like, I think, um, so Stinch of Redemption is a fucking brilliant album. I think it's just as good as any of the shit that they did with the Hoffmans. Um, the later albums, so In the Minds of Evil, was just this really fucking chunky, straightforward, thrashy death metal record. I really, really loved that album. And I would definitely suggest anybody who is not into New or DSI, check that out. And then the most recent one, right? Um, what was it called? Uh, the opening overtures tracks of with satan. overtures of blasphemy that's what it is um super good super catchy record that opening track man one with satan like that's that's vintage deicide like it's classic shit they're they're awesome um
0: uh, have there oh. been
1: have there been some misses in the deicide catalog yes but a lot of times those misses are attributed to the hoffman brothers leaving when really I think Deicide's two weakest records were released when they were in the band, right? Um, in Torment, In Hell, and Incinerate Him. And Incinerate Him is a record that I love. Like, I still enjoy it. But when I look at the grand scheme of Deicide, I think it's probably in the lower lower echelon of their output.
0: Okay, so which one you would, I will have to go check them out. Of all the new ones, you, you would recommend which one the most? Uh, from like Till Death Do Us Part
1: on. From Till Death Do Us Part On, I would recommend In the Minds of Evil.
0: All right. That's what I'm listening to. Added. Glenn Benton, we're gonna have a talk about this when you're on the cast.
1: That that just that opening track alone is worth the fucking introduction. Is it, it, worth the price of admission, man. Like it's it's well, exceptional. Gets me pumped up. Their live album,
0: I think, is as far as live death metal records go, that that has to be up there with the very best ever. When Satan, Satan rules. rules His World. When Satan Lives.
1: When Satan Lives, that's what it is, yeah. Satan yes.
0: Rules His World is the opening track. yes, yes. yeah, that,
1: yeah. So that that record is good. And I also think that they're, both of their live DVDs are really good performances. Um, the one, especially the one that they did right after the Hoffman Brothers left when they went to, I think it's like London maybe, when London burns. I think it's what it was. Yeah, they had uh, they the Hoffman brothers had just gotten kicked out of the band, and they brought in Jack Owen and Dave Suzuki from Vital Remains, and those motherfuckers learned a Deicide set in like 24 hours or something like that. That's like, like human. That's that's fucking incredible, dude. Like that's professionalism right there. Those dudes are badass. Yeah, dude. Jack, obviously, Jack Owen's the master. Obviously, it'd be cool to talk to Jack. I wonder if Jack would come on here and talk to us.
0: I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're probably too big of Cannibal Corpse fans for Jack to
1: talk to us. We could talk to him about Cannibal Corpse and we could probably say, you, you think? Know, some, yeah, we could talk to him about Cannibal Corpse. We could talk to him about DSI, and then that's what the conversation ends. All
0: right. I love it. We can, yeah, we don't have to bring up Six Feet Under at all. Did you listen to the, obviously you did, the new Fear Factory? Sing I did. I liked it. I liked it. I, I didn't listen to it. I was wondering, I was waiting to hear what you had to say about it.
1: It was good. Uh, Bert sounds great. He sounds mad as a motherfucker, like it's some of the heaviest screaming I think he's ever done with that band. Uh, I am patiently waiting to see who the new singer is going to be. Um, and there is a chance that the new singer of Fear Factory is going to be a woman. And that to me is fucking awesome. I'm hoping for it. I got my fingers crossed.
0: That's the way to go if they're going to do it. So I
1: didn't know. So Dino's still in the band. Dino is still in the band, and Dino is the band. Burt is gone. Totally gone. Totally gone, says he's never coming back. They play it, or they do Yeah. He did complete this most recent record back in 2017, Um, and they've just been sitting on it that long. Uh, Yeah, He's not going to be in the band. He's not going to be part of the promotion or anything.
0: Well, let's talk to Carl Sanders, maybe about Fear Factory, maybe about Cradle of Filth. Let's,
1: Let's talk about motherfucking Nile. Nile. Carl Sanders from Nile. Welcome to the fucking show. How you doing, brother? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going good. great, man. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. Uh, I'm Shuler. <laughs> We've met before, and I'm joined today with uh, with Zach from Death Comes Lifting.
2: Hello. Well, hey, sir. what's up? How you doing?
0: Great, man. How are you today?
2: Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Busy, busy day.
0: What goes on in Carl Sanders' world, man? How how is how is pandemic treating you? How are you staying busy? I know you're a busy man. What's let us in on the secrets of the ancient Egyptians?
2: <laughs> I wish I knew their secrets uh, to get more hours out of the day. Yeah, that's what. Um, guess, man. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? How are you doing in these pandemic times?
1: I think uh, I'm I'm probably doing close to the same as you. I'm I'm down in Colombia. Um, it's still a little bit of a zoo in, in South Carolina right now, I think regarding the, uh, the masks and whether or not people decide they want to play the game. But on the whole, you know, I, I really can't complain. A lot of people have had a very fucking rough year, man. And I've, I've been very, very lucky. Uh, so I am trying to stay as positive as I possibly
2: can. Dude, your, your mental attitude determines so much of what happens it's it's just crazy
1: yeah yeah zach how's it going up there though you're in pittsburgh i am in pittsburgh uh it is pretty
0: cool most people are um there's a lot of old people in the county that i live so uh, (laughs) vaccinations are very prevalent everybody's getting vaccinated so shit's cooling off i feel like it's not so touchy and stuff's opening back up and yeah man just staying busy staying positive like you guys you know just keep keep working away it's the whole thing's been a blessing for me so
1: I can't complain you know that is that's the way man and I like so Carl are you a big positive visualization guy
2: well you think about it you see it you do it uh, friend of mine uh, Ted O'Neill uh, has a thing is think see and do um but it it actually it does work. Think about it. See it in your mind, and then you just go fucking do it. it seems like a
1: pretty productive w- way to go about interacting with the world. And I, I think, like, as a death metal musician who's had a career with the kind of longevity that you have had, that's definitely got to be something that has has been close to you. Um, how how long has Nile been a band at this point?
2: Since '93.
1: That's fucking um, incredible, man.
2: Um, we, I can't even believe it myself. When I say those those words and I think, wait a minute, how many fucking years is that? And I go, where'd the fucking time go?
1: Right. Um, well, I mean, it's it's a lifetime, right? And that's one of the things that we were talking about before we got you on um, is, you know, you and I spoke back in October about the the work that you did with Eric uh, Roddy on, on Natter Sedex' most recent EP, and one of the things that really stood out to me about the conversation with you is how a dude who's been in a game this long, a dude who has had the achievements that you have had, how once you get to talking about making music and playing music, it's like talking to a fucking teenage kid who's super stoked on some shit for the first time. And so that, that to me is one of the things that's, that's truly amazing and admirable about, about you as a musician and about you obviously as a fan of the same music that you create, right? So how do you stay passionate all this time? Like, what are you, what still drives you to make music? What do you enjoy about it? What do you enjoy about taking in from music as well that sort of filters into the music that you create?
2: You know, it's, I think it's as simple as when I pick up a guitar, right? And I hit an E chord, I feel it, right? You just fucking feel it. You, like I'm gonna grab a guitar, right?
1: Carl Sanders has always got a guitar within reach. Yeah, no doubt.
2: And a chord.
0: Let's go. Plug oh, that I'll, motherfucker I'll, in. Here I'll, we go. About to play an A chord on the
1: podcast. New theme. He's gonna play "New Nile" right now. We're gonna hear it for the first time ever.
2: Yeah. All right. So if I just pick up a uh, guitar and just go, there's something about playing that chord that resonates in my primitive savage inner soul it feels alive it feels like a lion with the fucking raging yeah yeah this is, this is fucking yeah, awesome yeah. It's <laughs> like, and
1: just sitting here watching you hold the guitar is also a really cool thing to do like in that to me knowing that you uh You know, obviously you've got a whole lot of recording equipment at your home home studio, you've got practice space nearby, Um, I can only assume that staying as passionate as you have been and having sort of a lot of the world shut down over the last year has maybe given you some opportunities to do some work on some new music, have you have you gotten a lot of writing done for, you know, is it Nile or is it maybe some of your solo stuff or a little bit of everything sort of, how have you been keeping busy music wise over the last year while the world's been closed?
2: Well, last year I was lucky enough to uh, work on my solo project all year without nice. interruption, Nice, uh, which is either a, a workaholic sickness <laughs> or a coping mechanism or Something I really wanted to do for a long time anyway. Um, call it
1: healthy productivity. Let's, let's call it a singularity of vision. How about that?
2: Yeah, focus. It's about yeah. motherfucking focus, right? Sure. Um, yes, sir. I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to be a genius at anything. But if you can focus and work on the singular task at hand, then you can get something done.
1: So last year was solo stuff, um, and here we are in the year of Our Lord 2021. How mm-hmm. how's, how are things going now? What's on the schedule these days?
2: Well, uh, it looks like we're going to have a June release from the new Sorian record, um, which was a hard-fought battle nice. to uh, get people to move their asses. The record was finished back in December. Oh, cool. Mixed, mastered, everything. Oh. Um yeah, and it looks like we're talking with a new record label for Nile, and that's going really well. Better than I would have imagined in the year 2021.
1: Yeah, no shit, right? Well, well, that I mean, like one of the things that uh, that stands out to me about your solo stuff about the Sorian Records, um, and Zach and I were also talking about this before you got on, um, is the the breadth of interesting ancient instrumentation uh, that you, you know, we definitely hear a lot of that in Nile, but I feel like on the Carl Sanders records is when you really get to sort of go nuts and do whatever the fuck you want to, uh, with like no expectations, right? When people come into Nile, they're like, yeah, there's gonna be some interesting stuff here, you know, atmospherically, but it's gonna be a heavy motherfucker. Um, With your solo stuff, it's just you and a blank canvas. Um, you play all those, you play all those instruments yourself. Do you not all of the, all of the, uh, Egyptian instruments? Uh,
2: mostly, um, mostly. mostly.
1: What is, um, what do you think is the one, what's the one non-traditional instrument that you've worked with that you feel like maybe has the most potential for writing the kind of music that interests you? Like what, what's the ancient Egyptian instrument that you pick up? And that, that, that bow, makes you fucking vibrate in your bones like a
2: guitar. Uh, I have a Turkish Baglamasaz, um, which isn't Egyptian. Yeah, It's Turkish. Nice. Uh, and uh, the funny thing about that is uh, it's tuned. It's got a low string that's all by itself. Uh, then it's got an octave pair. And then it's got Wait a the bottom string, it's also got an octave, but it's octave different. And the middle pair is octave up. That's in unison, and then above that, there's three strings that are tuned in fifths. So right out of the gate, if you go, all right, you got a huge power chord.
1: Nice. It's, uh,
2: minute, I'll show you something else. Really funny. Very forward. Very forward thinking of the Turks. Yes. That's exactly what I said, too. Let me show you this
1: book. They um, anticipated it. They were ahead of the curve. They invented heavy metal.
2: The instruction manual that comes with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Learn. is completely in Turkish notation. my God. Right? It's not English. I can't read Turkish.
1: I'm surprised. Right?
2: You can't, <laughs> I mean, it's all in Turkish, right?
1: If they if, if they had really been ahead of the curve, that shit would have been in tab. You would have been able to look at it and be like, all right, now I can pick up the buglama massage size. I'm, I know I'm butchering the pronunciation. Shred this motherfucker with some zeros and ones. Uh, yeah. That's tight, man. What about, uh, what other, so that's the one that feels most like home. That's the one that feels most exciting to you that you've used. Is there anything on the horizon that you haven't fucked with before that you're like, I want to get my hands on one of these things or something? Dude, that I'm still
2: master the motherfucking six-string guitar. Um, (laughs) If you say so. uh, Dude, you know, the longer you play and the more you learn, the more you learn that you don't know fucking shit. Right? Every time, especially now, we're blessed to live in the age of YouTube University. Right? Which we didn't have when I started playing. (laughs) But now you can see All kinds of awesome guitar players from all over the motherfucking globe. And they're all on YouTube. You can see the greatest fucking players that are alive today because they're all on YouTube. So YouTube has become a de facto university. If you want to learn how to shred any kind of music, somebody's already done it. And it's on YouTube. You have you know, that sounds you, retarded.
1: No, I don't. I mean, I really don't think that it does. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that we, with a number of guests that we've had on this podcast in the past, especially guys who came up in the old school of death metal when there were still scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, bands from Dallas had a certain sound, bands from Long mm-hmm. Island had a certain sound. You know what I mean? We, uh, we, we have kind of lost that to an extent with the connectivity. Yeah, it's like internet,
2: a homogenization. But, yeah, yeah, but, but like the, the
1: benefit, I think, of that is that a kid who like grew up where I grew up in the, in the middle of the fucking woods in South Arkansas, who has an Internet connection, can watch like jazz fusion players and learn something from that, can watch like amazing metal musicians, can watch all kinds of sort of... Uh, maybe untraditional instruments that you don't expect to hear in rock and pull something from that. So I think it's definitely a trade-off. Like there's, there is a loss, there is a homogenization, like you said, but at the same time, it's amazing to know that all that information is out there. And it's also amazing to talk to the dude who has fucking been in the game for as long as you have, who can still boot up YouTube and be like, here's some shit that's interesting to me that I haven't really tried before. Do you have... Do you have any, like, particular haunts on YouTube that you check out? Are there channels that you're a fan of or or, or players that maybe you pay attention to?
2: Somehow, I don't know, through the magic of uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, listening to everything that we say and do. Great aggregator. It all finds me. I don't have to look for it. All I have to do is is boot up and somebody is trying to sell me a guitar or... (laughs) Uh, sell me some guitar lessons right yeah. right because i do guitar lessons yes right somehow every other motherfucker on this planet <laughs> who has an online presence their shit is automatically in me uh it finds its way to me i don't have to look
1: it's all connected man it's all uh it's all part of the great aggregator the great algorithm it knows what you want and it wants to give it to you
2: the only annoying thing that i I find about it is like if i buy a piece of gear then everybody and their brothers trying to sell me that exact piece of gear from another place which is kind of fucking stupid Um,
1: yeah (laughs) that's it's it's wild to me sort of one of the things that's interesting to me about specifically death metal because this is heavy music and there are definitely parts of the world where you know death metal musicians especially in legacy acts who bands who've been around for a long time are treated like fucking rock stars but by and large it's not a rock star lifestyle right um however (laughs) one of the one of the perks one of the perks i think that comes with being you know a particularly visible player and a particularly visible band is endorsements and i know that that is something that's sort of goes uh you know in the business of the game which is not the most fun end to talk about but at the same time um one of the things that I before I gave up like a loser as a child with guitar I looked at the, the guys who I thought were amazing guitar players and I wanted to know what they were playing and I wanted to know who endorsed them and, and who they were fans of um, where are you these days with that? Like it's, you, you, say that you're running down stuff to buy on the internet, but I know that there's gotta be a bunch of shit getting thrown at you too. Right.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, yeah, who? well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with the Dean guitar guys. Um, oh, yeah. so I have, uh, some very beautiful Deans. Um, uh, let's see one second. <laughs>
1: I love, I wish that everybody could see this. Like we've got, we've got a view into Carl's like studio right now. And he's like a fucking mad scientist, just like running around and picking up guitars and different instruments and shit. Like, I wish that you guys could see this.
0: Yeah. I'm going to selfishly keep it to
2: ourselves. This one. Yeah. Is the Dean guitar. It's the Carl Sanders KSB Dean logo. Uh
1: Awesome.
2: And there's there's your cover shot right there
1: there you go that's, what, that's what we'll uh, we'll put up in the uh in the, in the in the icon need a fan yeah. there we
2: go
0: there we go looks great. beautiful,
2: beautiful. Um, anyway you can buy this one uh, by an anywhere. target target can order it for you so there's no excuse not to have one
1: that's right. how you. That's how you know that you've made it, right? When your signature shit can be bought at Target, and that is metal that's that's the upper echelon. Crazy. That's America, baby. That's, that's success. Right. You're that you're. A <laughs> um, so watching you hold a guitar, um, there there's a picture of you that is uh, occasionally memed, sort of used as a macro, um, of you playing this massive fucking two-stop guitar with like a it looks like there's 12 strings on the bottom and one string on yeah the that's
2: bottom. a computer modded image
1: oh it is that's there's no breaks. such
2: thing as, as a guitar with two bodies
1: that breaks my heart man i had all right had, wait a minute.
2: which guitar are we talking about are we talking about the guitar with two necks it's got two necks and it looks like it has two bodies yes oh the one with two bodies yeah i've seen that one that's somebody's idea of silliness there's no uh, that's, guitar that's got two bodies on it. Are you kidding me? I like, yeah, this sure. is kind
1: of like, while it is, while it's awesome to talk to you, Carl Sanders from Nile, that is a little bit of a letdown for me because I was hoping in my heart that you had that actual guitar in your home and held it close to you and played it and told it that Dude, you
2: loved it. no Santa Claus or Easter Bunny either.
1: Oh, fuck. But it all just got real different on the Lifts and podcast. Everything has been destroyed. <laughs> Carl Sanders scorching the earth of my childhood. Um, speaking of mythology, yeah, right? Get into it. Let's dive into some fucking Nile. I'm not talking okay. about Easter Bunny. I'm talking about Nile shit. And this is a question that I've wanted to ask you for a long time, right? I've been reading your liner notes since like 1998 when I was in high school. One of the things that I always look forward to with the new Nile record is sort of your behind-the-scenes notes that come with each track. Um, I wish every band did that, but not only does it give me like some insight into Nile, like your thinking process or whatever, you also have a very relatable conversational style that you write in, right, um, and you also are doing that while talking about some really academic shit, which this, where I live professionally, so maybe it's more interesting to me than it is to other people, but that's something that I have, have long enjoyed about your music and about your output, and that's got me wanting to ask you regarding where you get information from, right? I can only assume that you do a lot of reading and probably watch a decent amount of documentaries. Would I be right about that?
2: That would be correct.
1: What to you makes either a book about history or a documentary about history stand out among the pack? What is it that you look for in in documentaries that make you think like, okay, this is I can really get something out of this. Like, what do you want from a documentary?
2: Well... You know, not all history or archaeology or mythology is necessarily suitable for writing death metal songs with.
1: Right, right. This is
2: true. So, you know, there's a a cherry picking element to it. Oh, this looks cool. Oh, this looks cool. Oh, this looks cool. So it's not necessarily a balanced historical perspective. Um, It's more like, Raiding the tomb, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. When you're tomb raiding, you don't pick up every shard of pottery. You just go get the fucking cool shit.
1: The gold. I like it. I like it very much. Um. So when something stands out to you, oh, sorry, Zach, go
0: ahead. I was going to ask if you have any recommendations of books or documentaries that we mere mortals may not know about that you, you can throw at us. Because I'm well, a super well I get
2: asked that question quite a bit, actually. Can, well, can you recommend this, you know? Uh, yeah, I
0: get it. You um, know what you
2: want. It would, depending on one's point of view, how I answer this, could it make you either me or go, oh, that's cool. I don't
1: think that's um, I think You so. know, and,
2: and the law of Larry David averages – I don't know if you guys ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm.
1: Familiar with Curb, yes.
2: So if I said, (laughs) well, I got only the same stuff available to me that any other kid in America has got available to them, then you would have, you would be forced to look at the equation and go, well, wait a minute, how did you get all this from just this? (laughs) Which, Could either make you go, "Wow, that guy is really fucking creative," or "Who the fuck is that asshole? Why aren't I doing better than I am?"
0: I appreciate that answer, sir. That's badass. What about H.P.
1: Lovecraft? Well, I mean, I I love
2: H.P. Lovecraft. I've raped some H.P. Lovecraft uh, that. Uh I'm gonna have to answer to him when we all go to the Great Beyond and the afterlife and sure. HP Lovecraft sees me like yeah. hanging out there with you know John McIntyre or whatever. Um
1: yeah. no, he'll, he's gonna make you guys answer in the court of fucking as, as He's going to,
2: he's yeah, say. Well, there's a lot to answer for.
1: There well it is I mean, and I think that that is an aspect of Niles. Storytelling that I think sometimes gets overlooked, obviously because the the presence of the Egyptian mythology is so a really interesting sort of magical realism, sort of horror aspect to certain Nile songs, and I, I think that that uh, specifically, like what von Unas kulten I think I said that correctly, like nice job. that. Um, it, did I? I slayed that shit, didn't I? Good job. Um That that to me is some interesting stuff that you occasionally, the essential salts is another one, stuff that stands out that comes from other places. Um, is that something that you set out to do whenever you're writing? Do you say, okay, I'm going to take a break from the well and maybe go someplace different? Or, or is it just what strikes you as you're, as you're going through the writing process?
2: No, man, it, it's like having different flavors of Kool-Aid available to you sometimes you get tired of grape and you got to change it up
1: (laughs) for sure. Fair. I understand. Well, and like, when you do change it up, do you have, like, are there any things, are there areas that you would like to get into sort of maybe lyrically that you haven't gotten into yet? Um, Is there, is there any place that you would like in the future like to see your music go, especially like the lyrical aspect of it that maybe you haven't gone yet?
2: Well, that's a fabulous question.
1: I'm just, just going to. Find I absolutely out about, huh?
2: don't really know the answer to that because <laughs> I, I kind of like, you know, what it is we're doing. I, I enjoy oh, yeah. it, so I'm not dissatisfied with the parameters. Yeah. Of the variety and influences that we have, so I have little inducement. To say, well, you know, I should pull this thing in here, pull that thing in there. I'm already pulling from enough different sources where I got a full variety pack of Kool-Aid in my songwriting cabinet.
1: And I guess Uh, I I probably should have phrased that a little bit better. I don't necessarily mean coming from a place of dissatisfaction with what you're doing and what you've already done but maybe different aspects of it that you haven't quite gotten well you know like one of the things come out with a
2: new flavor of kool-aid i might have to try it see what it's all about i mean you know when uh they came out with the the orange crush and grape crush flavor packets you put in your water right i was like i was all on that and then the Jolly Rancher apple flavor, dude. It's
0: a big one. It's a big one for sure. I not I have
1: not tried that one. Yet. Yeah. So 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 you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> the outside. I it's, it's, when I when I listen to Nile, right? A lot of the a lot of the aspects of it that I think are interesting are when you approach it from not necessarily a straightforward historical perspective, right? Um, the the incorporation of like narrative with that, right? The anger of one people against another, um, the failure of God, right? All of these things I think are really interesting aspects of it. That's kind of what I mean.
2: Well, yeah, see, there you go. Um, you can pick up a history book, right? And and you can read that so-and-so group of people did such and such thing, to this other group of people, and those are fucking facts. Right. And those are the bare facts that we know about thousands of years later. But that doesn't necessarily make an interesting fucking song or give you enough to work with to get worked up to go. "Ah." Right. Right. You, You need something in there, you know, or else why? So I like to take these whatever happened. These people did this. They did that. They believe this thing. And dig into it and try to say, well, wait a minute, if that shit was happening to me, yeah. how the fuck would I think about it? Right? Uh, in the, the Blessed Dead, you know, where it's talking about uh, we shall never be the blessed dead. Right. Exactly. We're talking about the um, the common worker.
1: I came prepared, brother. I'm serious about Excellent. this. Excellent. Me too, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The Blessed Dead. Yes, the common
2: worker. Right, uh, yeah, the common worker. We're taking the attitude of the common worker. How did he feel about this shit? Well, if you know the rich people got fancy tombs and they got to go to the blessed afterlife, well, what about everybody that did all the actual work? Yeah, right. Us common blue collar folks, you know, uh, we don't get to be the blessed dead. We're not well, gonna not- be the blessed dead,
1: no. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think that looking for the human element in history is definitely a way to access sort of those more death metal qualities that you said you don't necessarily see on the surface of, of a lot of history, right? Especially when we're looking at what is at least presented as sort of an objective uh, recounting of history, right? It's really easy to lose the personal voices, the personal narratives, and then also like specifically that, that the, the point of view of the underdog, right? Um, I think that is very much a, a huge aspect of death metal thematically and, and part of the death metal spirit. And that's something that you can look forward to being captured character-wise on Nile Records.
2: Uh, I think death metal, one of the pure elements about it, it is a voice of the underdog, of the downtrodden, of the common man saying, yes, I too can wield the hammer of the gods so Fucking don't tread on me. That's why I I absolutely believe a band or wherever the bill has every opportunity to make some death metal. And if they fucking work hard, right, if they actually work at it, it is possible. And if there's any lesson anybody ever takes from the history of the band Nile. it's that four guys from south carolina climbed up that motherfucking mountain and wielded the hammer of the gods if we can do it you can do it right if we can do it you can do it
1: if you were listening to this podcast right now and you were 15 years old and you were just picking up guitar for the first time, take it from Carl fucking Sanders of Nile. It's out there if you want to get it.
0: Or anything uh, you want in life, apply it to anything. doesn't even have yeah. to be music. I'm a visualization. Yes. Death comes lifting, Carl. That's my brand. I'm a personal trainer and uh, created this fitness line. Do you realize how good Nile's music is to lift weights to?
2: I do, but my friend I mentioned earlier, Ted O'Neill, uh, runs Diablo Blue Barbells, uh, it's a place in California, um, and he plays now all the time there, and lots of other great death metal stuff, um,
0: it, it makes you, it makes you stronger, literally, I didn't know if that was something that was your intention going into it, to, uh, to elicit upon its listeners, but it, it works, just, just one there is a
2: Promethean fire, I believe, elemental yeah. in all of metal where the power of fire has been given to the common man. Absolutely. And if you want it, you can pick it up and fucking burn something with it.
0: I love your mindset Carl. What what else do you apply this, this mindset to besides creating the best death metal you can, and besides being a guitar master?
2: Uh, well, before I, uh, Retired from it, I was doing martial arts. Uh, really, myself a fourth degree black belt. Um, at the age of you know, I'm 57, so I'm, it's it's a bit much for me. Uh, it was really telling on my hands and my wrists. I figured out you can either be a death metal guitar god or a you know, martial arts aficionado, you but you can't <laughs> have both. Oh, man. It's not meant yeah, to sure. have both um so i had to let that go
0: what style of martial arts if you don't mind me asking i'm sorry what style of martial art
2: it's called sunai jutsu which is a combat form of jujitsu oh
0: okay that's badass
2: mm, it's just very much for street fighting <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of fun i gotta tell you man it was the most fun i had Uh, Apart from playing metal, of course, uh, was doing martial arts. Um, So, yeah, I took that mindset because I'm already, you know, in my 50s, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody I was fighting was at least half my age. And if you know anything about fighting, once you get to 45 or 50, you're just not as fast anymore. It's just, it's just the way it works, uh, yeah. you know. So oh. I was always fighting people half my age, which was fun. Sure. Uh, but yeah, without some fucking fire driving a person, that would be pretty tough.
1: Did you? Um, did you start playing music before you started the arts? I take. It oh, of did. course. Yeah, I've been okay, playing the guitar I-
2: since I was nine motherfucking years old. So yeah,
1: that's that's what I assumed. Um, one of the things that I am I am curious about um, having played the guitar that long, having been a musician that long and then getting into martial arts later in life. Did you find any sort of the disciplinary aspects of martial arts uh, that you could feed back into your musicianship that maybe you hadn't tapped into before?
2: No, I think it worked the other Ooh. way around. The oh, cool. Discipline Absolutely. from you know really working on music and understanding what it takes to develop a skill set right that that helped. Um, I could see the parallels. Um,
1: yeah I mean I, I would think that any, anything that you have to work that hard at uh, you know and, and playing especially playing you know extreme metal which is fast and technical and takes a whole lot of practice. Um, and then looking at martial arts, which I that's another thing that I sort of pushed out on when I I went to one uh, karate lesson in a group. Um, and my mom was there the whole time. I was like eight. Uh, and when it was over, she was like, how'd you like it? And I was like, I think I think I want to go home. Um, I think I want to go home and read comics. And that's what I did. Uh, but like knowing that that those are two things that both require just an immense amount of discipline and that are both lifelong pursuits. Um, It's interesting to see one sort of feed into the other inspiration wise.
2: I think you are who you are, right? So whatever I applied of myself in one area, you know, if I seriously took it on another, well, it's the same person. So it's the same kind of commitment. Sacrifices have to be made. There's nothing motherfucking free in this world. Right. If you see some guy that's fucking straight up a guitar. He had to work for it. It didn't just fall out of the fucking sky. Uh, You know, if you see a guy that's deadlifting, you know, 500 fucking pounds. That didn't just fall out of the sky. He had to fucking work for it. There's shit that he had to sacrifice in his life. To be able to do that.
1: It's, it's like you said, I mean, lifelong pursuits. It's the kind of thing that you got to work at for a really, really long time to get to where you, know, you have, have the kind of success that other people appreciate as much as you do. Um, and I think that one of the, one of the venues in which uh, death metal musicians probably see that most prominently is the live venue, right? Uh, playing live music, seeing people go absolutely ape shit over the songs that you've written, getting to maybe meet people before and after who've been fans of your band for a long time um obviously that's something that has been on hold for the last year um yesterday we got some big news i don't i don't know if you saw it or not but deicide, deicide and cataclysm fuck yeah deicide and cataclysm yeah. man and so with uh, with the people who we talked to on the podcast we've had to do this sort of awkward dance lately where we've been like i know you miss playing live music and i hope something's coming in the future but nobody really knows well, now that like a big tour with a big band has been announced, I feel like we can start asking people if there are any plans on the horizon. You don't have to give any specifics. Not asking. Uh, February and later. March,
2: Nile in America. February yeah. and March.
1: Oh There's fuck yes, rules. dude, you? that rules.
2: Yeah, it rules. Yeah, I rule. Are you excited? Dude. Damn right, I'm excited, dude. I live to dude, play yes. live. My entire system of like. Psychological well-being mm-hmm. for the last thirty fucking years has been play metal with my brothers, yeah. meet like-minded people who love mm-hmm. the same thing on tour, play music for them. That was my sense of well-being. I, you know, uh, and you know, it's been pretty lean for the yeah. last year and a half. I can imagine.
1: Oh, man. Um
0: you guys were the last one of the last shows I saw before the pandemic on that uh, terrorizer tour. And that, that shit, that shit carried me through, man. Those, you absolutely were on fire. The new song sounded killer. And I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping we get, we get that really soon, man. Um, do you me have, too. Just based on that show, I mean, you can, you can tell how passionate you are and how how there you are for the whole crowd. It's fucking awesome. Do you have a, a like, any favorite songs to play live that like, like really do it for you at this point? You have so many, or are there a few? Yeah, I,
2: I really like playing violent rights,
0: so good, man. The new, there's good.
2: something about those chords. Here we go, let's get it. <laughs> If I could do the vocals, I would, man. Come on, man. Those oh, yeah. are metal chords.
1: That was. Blackens his eyes with suit like a prostitute. I'm fucking loving it. We, so we were talking about before you got on Vile Nylotic Rides. It's the most recent record. Um, me and Zach are both huge fans of it. Um, I, I'm trying to avoid calling it like sort of a rebirth or something because it, that's okay. Assume, that would assume that Nile like wasn't fucking slaying it. It's something which you guys have been doing the entire time. Um, well,
2: you know, they're slaying it, and then there's like got a little off track for a while. But you know, dude, even us not at peak efficiency, it's still pretty motherfucking metal. So oh,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I am a I am a fan of the entire discography and I'm I'm intimately familiar with the entire discography. And having having said that, like once I got the new record, as soon as I actually got it in my hands and listened to it, which is a ritual for me, I don't I, I don't listen to promos anymore. I don't like to fuck I like to I like to do all this shit at one time and read the lyrics and sort of Oh, no, I get it.
2: From. I get it. Because um, it's so an it's an experience, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes.
1: And, and it's definitely a multifaceted one with Nile, like I said, because uh, you know the liner notes are so immersive and there's this really rich mythology that it feeds into. But one of the things about vile nilotic rights that I noticed, and that I think a lot of people noticed, is sort of this, you're keeping the technicality of like at the gate of the which is a really fucking dense record, right? But at the same time, we were seeing this sort of return of like these, not simple, but definitely like groovable, headbanging, fucking audience movement stuff from some of the earlier records like Black Seeds of Vengeance. Was that intentional? Um, yes, it's this... but the,
2: the thing that the, opens the door for that is de-intellectualization. There we go. I had to make a word up. De-intellectualization. Uh, right? Because death metal, technical death metal, there's a lot of technical stuff Okay, all right? But does that necessarily in and of itself move me? A piece of music or art has to connect with humans. What are we doing here anyway? Right? Playing instruments, playing songs to hopefully give something to the person who's motherfucking listening. So you know, the whole mindset of our purpose or reason for existence was recalibrated back to something real and tangible, right? Because it's real easy along the long path to lose sight of what are you actually doing? Why are you actually here? What is our reason, right? People listen to metal because they want to feel that metal yeah right you want it to fucking hit you like a fucking fist you want it to crush you you want to feel that power right yeah yeah feel it so that's we should be doing um which that's getting circling right back around to it It has to do its job first Hmm. you have to fucking do what it is you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, one of the things about it that, that I, that definitely struck me, and that has, it's, as I've listened to the record, because it's been out for a while now, so I've gotten pretty familiar with it. Um, it sounds like you guys are just having a lot of fucking fun playing death metal, right? And yeah, when you say, D, when you say, it D is fun.
2: Yeah. It it's is, the it is. same kind of fun, right? When you grab an opponent and Fucking body slam them, or after you've slammed them, kick them a few times. Dude, if you can tell me that that does not feel good, if you can say that, I will say then you're lying because that does feel good. That's, you know, once you're past, like, don't need it for self preservation. We're not cavemen beating ourselves up with clubs anymore, right? We do it because we like doing it it's a fun sport. It feels great. Why does it feel great? I don't know. We could probably talk about that for a long time, but yeah, the point yeah. is yeah, metal is like that too. And it should be fun. It should be fun to go out in that band room and slave away for six hours at a clip. It should be fun. If it's not fun, then, you know, you need to rethink what it is you're doing and why it ain't fun and yeah. make it fun. Sure.
1: I I absolutely agree. And, like, I, that's why I'm looking forward to you guys being able to get back on the road because I would love to see some of these songs live and really sort of tap into that energy because I think if it's going to show up anywhere, uh, the fun aspect of it, right, it's going to be in the live show. It is. It is there. I can attest to mm-hmm. it. And that 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 fucking dude carl thank you so much for talking to us man you when i when i got to talk to you last october obviously it wasn't a disappointment but i just want to say that you're a gracious guy you're a smart guy um it's 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 really it's really rewarding um as somebody who has been a, a fan of a musician for the better part of his life i've been listening to your music over half my life i'm 37 years old um when you get to meet these people and they turn out to be good dudes that's just super fucking gratifying man so thank you very much Um, well thank you
2: uh zach schuler you're both great guys man so nice to meet you
1: You we are we are just about to the end but before we go carl sanders from nile we have got a very fucking serious question to ask you that we ask everybody who comes on this show major major, Uh, you're winding
2: me up now so are you about to spring a joke on me I'm no, ready. no, this
1: is some serious shit. This is as this is as Very real as serious. it is. Zach, do the honors.
0: Mr. Sanders, we have to ask you, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Oh, yeah, no joke. At all right. of them. Of all of
2: them. But I happen to love sabotage. Thank you. Oh my god. Yeah. Me
0: too. That is also Me, my favorite. And we talked to Rob Barrett from Cannibal Corpse last week, and that is his favorite.
2: Wow. No way. I believe that. Rob's got such good taste.
1: Dude. Rob does have good taste. And like that's Zach. That, so sabotage is Zach's favorite Black Sabbath record, and it's one that, you know, like I love hole in the sky. I love the writ. Mm. I think it's a fucking great record altogether. The I'm fucking Rit,
2: man.. Mega wow. L- that's,
1: that's a heavy fucking song. But, you know, and they just announced that they're reissuing it as a box set. And, and so, of course, I'm going to fucking buy it because it, I, I think Steven Wilson from Porcupine Tree remastered it. So I'm interested to no hear. No kidding. It. Yeah, yeah. I th- he did volume four. I'm pretty sure that's who they got to do this one too. Um, but one of the things that's been interesting about this podcast is that, you know, for the, what, like 30 something episodes that we've done, sabotage seems to be like a progressively more popular answer. Uh, and I think that that is probably very gratifying for Zach, so thank you for making his day on <laughs> yeah, my day totally
0: made my day. that's awesome what is that's your awesome. favorite track on Sabotage if you could pick me it's Megalomania there's just so much going on dude,
2: that's exactly what I was going to say dude, yeah. that track like just totally opened my eyes to like, wait a minute you can bring all this other ancient evil shit into right. things yeah. And it it fucking totally works, yeah, dude. <laughs> 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 dude, come on, this so oh, shit's great. And the All ancient the choirs, the- choirs and the orchestra things and uh, the evil tomb yeah. bells in the background—that's so fucking great shit.
0: I never made the parallel of that to Nile. Uh- to Nile until right now. Dude, if you
2: want to understand Nile? go listen to that song. Yeah, and then, absolutely. like, everything now, you go, well, duh, he listens fucking, you know, Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Duh. Yeah, they wrote the book. Like the
1: highest fucking comment. They did.
2: They, they did amazing. write the book. And if somebody writes the book, you have to read the book. That's and cool. whatever genius thing is in that book... If you don't make use of it, then why read the book in the fucking first place? So yeah, read the fucking book, take what's in there, do something.
1: Legends Legends on legends. Again, man, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great conversation. Talk to you again and absolutely hope to catch you on the road sometime soon. Next year, we will see you there.
2: I I hope so, guys. I'd really love to see you. you Come hang out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Eat some
1: cookout. Called. Eat some cookout with George. Um yeah. bring uh I know what to bring you guys now. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Looking forward to 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 talking to you soon. Have a good one, Carl.
2: Thank you, sure. Thank you, Zach.
1: All right, bro. Thank you, man.
2: <laughs> Cheers.
1: You, man. Are you ready? what a good dude what a good dude
0: bro i'm fanning myself i'm a fan that might that might be the best episode that we've done yet i was gonna say i have to say it right now that's my favorite episode that we've done
1: what a fucking cool guy man and like what what a deep understanding of of his art that he has like he's obviously fucking I don't know. I could, I could say a whole bunch of different shit right now, but the thing that bowls me over is the same thing that bowls me over last time I talked to him. Look at how much that motherfucker still loves metal and he's been doing it for his job for 30 years.
0: Dude, he's so passionate. He's so smart. He's so witty. He's like chill and philosophical, but also like insane at the same time and high energy. Yeah, yeah. He's a great person, great mindset, can be applied to anything in your life. He's very Bruce Lee esque. And just but, the yeah. bond with him over over megalomania, bro. That's gonna get me through like this month.
1: I feel like I, I I knew I as soon as he said that I was like, this is gonna fucking build Zach up, man. Like in you the, you're yeah. just you're you're collecting legends who worship the same shit that you do. That's a good feeling.
0: It's a great feeling. Yeah, we got Barrett and we got Sanders. Dude, what what what's next? It's good, good shit's coming next. Everybody listening, good I, shit I, I is coming next. next. You got to keep tuning in, and I got a surprise for you, Schuler, coming soon for me. Yes, I do. I'm going to leave you hanging. I can't I'm wait. Not, I'm not going to say it on air. I'm not going to say I can't it on air. When you get it, you'll know. All right.
1: Uh, I, I trust. You. I believe. Thank you again for another awesome chat, brother. Drop the mic.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll talk to you very soon. I Peace love you. out.
1: Love you. Have a good one.
0: means a lot.